This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition, another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. Before we get started today, I do want to tell you that we are going to conclude our first season of this podcast at the end of October and take a break over November and December before coming back to you with some fresh episodes in 2021. So this is the penultimate episode of the first season of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. And I want to take a moment to thank you for listening and sharing our podcast with authors who can benefit from learning about the actions they can take to be more successful in marketing their books. I am beyond happy today to reconnect with David Greer. He is an old friend. He was a client in the early years of our business, and it's been so fun prior to starting recording to catch up with him about what's up in his life and business. So before we get any further, I want to give David a chance to introduce himself. David, could you tell us a little bit about your work in the world and also about your book? Thanks, Becky. And I feel very privileged to be uh, last podcast on Weaving Influence for uh, 2020. I'm an entrepreneurial coach. So when I was Still at university, 22 years old, I joined a young software startup and built that into a very successful software company. And like the place, stayed for 20 years. After that, I've been an angel investor investing in startups and uh, as a director and working with boards and young entrepreneurs. And then for the last five years, I've been an entrepreneurial coach, working one-on-one with entrepreneurs and working with entrepreneurs and their senior teams on strategic planning. And what I've discovered in 35 plus years of being an entrepreneur is there are a lot of patterns that get repeated. And I eventually decided that I really wanted entrepreneurs who hadn't been through it before to have a resource where they didn't have to wear or earn all the scar tissue that I earned, which is a lot. And so I conceived of my book, Wind in Your Sales, Vital Strategies that Accelerate Your Entrepreneurial Growth. I'm a very passionate sailor, so I use sailing analogies throughout the book. My entrepreneurial friend, Burkett Foster, says it should be called Wind in Your Sales, like S-A-L-E-S. And I worked for a year with Burkett on marketing and sales. But I interviewed 45 entrepreneurs for the book, and then I feature 10 entrepreneur case studies. So over a third of the book is other people's stories. So you not only get the advantage of my scar tissue, you get the advantage of 10 other people's scar tissues. And the book is organized in, I think, the 10 major categories of any business. And each chapter, each case study is, is an entrepreneur who I think is particularly skilled in that aspect of the business, whether it's corporate organizational planning, whether it's product, sales. So those are just some of the chapters in the book. And again, the case studies bring out the best, I think, aspects of that and demonstrate them. And my experience, so I've I've got these 10 strategies or concepts, if you like. And my experience is that first, entrepreneurs have grown their business. Maybe they've done it for a long time. And this would include me when I grew Robel for 20 years, super skilled 
at probably three or four of those areas, knowledgeable about three or four more, and probably not a clue on two of them. So that's part of making the book really well-rounded and definitely wrote it as an evergreen book. So this is intended, it has a lot of ways to think about your business, but then very practical ways to apply it and can be applied for a long period of time. I worked with my publisher last year to record the audio version of the book. And there were two paragraphs that were out of date out of a 150 page book. Wow. So if we have any entrepreneurs listening to today's podcast or any entrepreneurial authors, I hope you'll check out David's work. And we will include a link to his website and a link to his book in the show notes. So David, I reached out to you about this podcast because this month we're focusing on holiday book promotions and how you can use the holidays as a means of getting the word out about your book. And I know, David, having been on your email list for many years, that one of the things that you do is send out holiday letter. So let's talk for a moment about holiday letters. You know, there are all kinds of names for them. Some people call them brag letters or, you know, what are some other words that we use for those letters that come in holiday cards at the end of the year? Yeah, the Christmas letter, the holiday letter, the holiday newsletter, the family letter. Sure. And I sent them for many, many years until I re-entered the career world when my kids were young, and I have not sent one since. So I especially wanted to invite someone on the call who's been doing holiday letters. So David, share with us, how long have you been sending them? I can't remember exactly, but I would say at least 30 years. Wow. Okay. At least. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your process and the types of information you include and who the letters go to. So for me, the Christmas letter is definitely a very personal letter. So it goes to family and friends. And it goes to a few of my entrepreneurial friends who I have a close personal relationship with or who I feel connected to their family in some way. Like, Becky, I think I send you my Christmas letter because you're really good about sharing about your kids on social media. So I feel connected to you beyond our work together and more into also the family and other aspects of your life. And so that would be why. And so that's true of other people who are on the list that are in my business community. I need to have a fairly deep personal connection with them. So the way we've written them is fairly consistent for 30 years. So my wife, Carolee, and I write them together. I always write the first draft. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a photographer, I always spend a lot of time thinking about what photographs, if any, to include. So when it was just print, it would usually just be a family photograph. So part of the process is getting the family together to take the family photograph, which means at least once a year, I have a picture of all of us. At least that's the hope. And usually keep it to two typewritten pages. So like double-sided, like single sheet, double-sided. And I do the first draft and then I hand it off to Carolee. And... I may have written part of her part, or I may not. And she fills in and edits and revises. Wonderful. And so you did say, David, that you send these both in a print format and a digital format. Talk to me about that. I love getting Christmas cards. I love getting Christmas letters. Uh, Really, for the people I don't quite keep in touch with enough, even people I see on social media on a regular basis, but they don't share that their husband has changed jobs, that they're moving in a new direction, there's a different stage of life and thinking about things differently. 
I have some people who have sent me their family letter for 30 years. And, you know, I've seen it through the birth of children, through the changing of careers, through medical issues they've had to deal with, like the ups and downs. And it really helps me stay connected to those people. Mm-hmm. And I actually always read the letters when they first come in. And then before I cast them aside, I read them once more. So it's something that's very special to me. It sounds like a really important tradition in your life. And as I'm listening to you, I'm wondering if our listeners are thinking, well, what does this have to do with book marketing? So let's talk about why we're bringing in this topic of holiday letters into a book marketing podcast. And to do that, David, maybe you can tell us about how you've incorporated your book when it came out and your business offerings now into your holiday letter. So I always include a business portion in our letter for the last, we have three children, you know, they're 31, 29, and 25. So for the last 31 years, they've been included in the newsletter. So there's always a little section about each of our children. But then the section on Carolee and I almost always has an aspect that talks about our work and what we're doing and what's new or different. So in 2015, the Christmas letter definitely included the announcement of the launch of Wind In Your Sales. And I'm sure the digital version included links to Amazon. And last year in the Christmas letter, I had some openings for some more clients. So I just let everybody know that I have openings for more clients. And I haven't directly, I don't think, got some work from that. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because one personal friend reached out to me earlier this year and has become a client of mine which sometimes happens in coaching. I think it also depends a lot on the kind of book you're writing. If you write a book that has deep personal connection to people, then I think it makes a lot of sense to promote it. But Carolee and I have uh, definitely made, I wouldn't say promotion, awareness about what's going on in our business, what might have changed. And our daughter and son-in-law have their own landscaping business. And we have mentioned that they're looking for clients in probably four or five years worth of newsletters. And that's generated at least a half a dozen clients. Yeah, that's uh, just amazing. Because people, well, they like the idea that they're helping Jocelyn and Daniel. They like the idea that they know Carolee and I, so they feel like they can trust Jocelyn and Daniel, right? So there's just that whole referral trust relationship, which comes from, it's like, wow, I'm receiving their personal Christmas letter. Oh, gee, and Jocelyn Daniel could come out and help us. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's so great that you've been able to help fuel that success for your kids. I love, David, what you're saying about making sure that there's awareness so that your family and connections, your closest connections really understand what you're up to in the world. And I think sometimes we make the assumption that if we include something about our new book in our letter or whatever, that it's self-promotional. And I always try to reframe with authors on a few different levels. One is that if you have a book that can make a difference for people, you're not promoting yourself, you're promoting your message. But I think one thing that we underestimate is the way that our letters are received. And what I hear you saying, David, is that you love to receive these letters, that you're hungry for insights into your friends' lives. And I think if we can imagine the recipient of our holiday letter, well, of course, your book deserves a place in that letter. It's a huge accomplishment for any author. Correct. Absolutely. Like, why would you not include something so significant in your life? I mean, yes, a lot of people write books, but in the huge scheme of the global population, it's still this massive, massive achievement, like to get a book finished and published. And of course, you'd want to celebrate that. 
Yes. And so would your connections want to celebrate that with you? Yes. Yeah. And then for me, there's also like part of, there's a cultural alignment piece for me in that one of my deepest cultural core values is massive family connection. And to me, when I send the family letter, even to the people who I'm connected to on business, it's just consistency about what I really stand for. It's not just on my website that this is a value. It's I'm demonstrating this really is what's in my heart. This is what really counts for me. Yeah, that's really powerful. So reinforcing through your routine activities, the values that you stand for in your life and work. Yes. Every time we finish the podcast, we always wrap up with some actions because we want you to be able to take action based on what you hear. So we have two actions from today's podcast. The first one is if you have not sent out a holiday newsletter before, or if you do send out a holiday newsletter, what we'd like you to do is to consider including your book this year because people want to hear about this great accomplishment of you bringing a book into the world. Now, if you're someone who hasn't yet or ever sent out a holiday newsletter, your action step is to start to identify who the friends and family and colleagues are that you'd like to send that letter to. Now, David, you suggested another action step. Could you share that one with our listeners? Yes. So I think it's important that we share some of the challenges. And again, it's finding the right level of privacy and what you want to share. But someone very significant in your life passed away this year. I think you probably want to share that and a little bit of what the impact of losing that person has meant to you. Because again, that's like a really important part of your life. And as I said, I've had people share about their breast cancer and what they've had to go through. This lets me really connect to them at a human level. And so I'm not a big fan of calling the Christmas letter the brag letter, because I think you should write not just the brags, but of which there's lots. We have very successful children, and we do a lot in a year. But I think there is room to temper it with some of the challenges that you had to go through. And especially this year, where we're all figuring out a lot of challenges and a lot of how to deal with it. And I don't know about your listeners, but for me, at times, it's been very messy. And I don't know what I'm going to write about, but there'll be something in there that it's been a challenging year. It sure has. I think we all have that in common. Thank you, David, for investing some of your afternoon with me to record this podcast. And for those of you who have enjoyed David's perspectives, we will, again, like I said, include the links to his website and to his book in the show notes. And I encourage you to reach out to David on LinkedIn, get to know him a little bit better if the work that he's doing in the world can be of value to you or your connections. So thanks, David. It was great to reconnect. Super, Becky. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. If you're looking for hands-on help to market your book or have a question you'd like to hear me answer here, please email me, becky at weavinginfluence.com. 